Super Talk Mississippi media production. Whether you're looking to start a career with no student loans or change careers to land one of the happiest jobs in the world, yep, that's construction, Build Mississippi can help. Visit buildmississippi.com to learn why a career in the trades deserves another look. buildmississippi.com. Your future is waiting. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. Hey, just one quick uh, uh, reference, and then I'm going to read a a quote, and then we're going to get right to our guest today. But uh, the the, the reference is, uh, I want to bring your attention to the uh, Ricky Matthews Coast View Facebook page. I posted the latest on uh, my thoughts about the tourism effort. In fact, we're, we're going to talk more about that uh, next week. But um, I want to I want to have what I posted out there, let it ruminate a little bit, and then we'll come back and have some more deeper conversations about it. But you know, essentially, what I write about is the need for legislative tweaks. I mean, the current situation screams for legislative tweaks. Again, that's all I'm going to say about it today. You can go read the uh, Coast View Ricky Matthews page and see more about what I had to say about it. Okay, here is a really cool quote. It's an important quote, and it um, is by Arnold Schwarzenegger. You may remember, obviously, he was a big bodybuilder and actor, former governor of California. But here's what he said. Help others and give something back. I guarantee you, you will discover that while public service improves the lives and the world around you, its greatest reward is the enrichment and the new meaning it will bring your own life. I can't agree more. Uh, the, the, The public servants that I have talked to are incredibly motivated by what they do and how it helps others. They're not so interested in getting the attention themselves, but they're really really, really focused on making sure that what they do serves as many people as possible. And by doing that, by having success, they're able to find meaning in their life. And if you think about it, that sort of describes my next guest, uh, someone I really enjoy spending time with. He's been here on Coast View a couple of times. It's been a while since we've we've been with uh, Joe Max, but it's Joe Max Higgins, the CEO of the Golden Triangle Link. And uh, we're going to talk a lot about what's happening with economic development these days. We're going to get an update on what's happening at the Golden Triangle. Oh, we got lots to talk about. How you doing, my friend? I'm fine. Thank you, Ricky. It's good to see you again. Uh, listen, we spent the whole show together t- telling your story and uh, the story of the Golden Triangle and the successes that you guys have had up there. I look forward to getting an update. But uh, one of the things I want to repeat is this really important sort of philosophy you have in life, and that is to live every day like your ass is on fire. Um, that one, you know, you put it out there and that one sort of has been pinned to your back, hasn't it? It's on my email signature. (laughs) So tell people what you mean by that. Well, I mean, look, uh, in this business and a lot of people's business, you know, days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, months turn into years. Uh, if you don't have a sense of urgency about getting stuff done, it typically doesn't get done. Uh, so you know, as an example, uh, as a real-time example, yesterday we had an epiphany on something we could 
do to make our make our chances better to win a deal. Uh, last night, the document was drafted. My chairman just walked out the door signing a check for earnest money. Uh, the bankers have already uh, been put in key, and the landowner, which is in upstate New York on a trip, has docu-signed the agreement and got it back to us all this morning before we ever really got started. Now, a lot of places might take two, three weeks, a month, six weeks to get something like that done. And life's too short. If you want to win, you just got to figure out what's got to be done, give everybody an assignment, get it done, move on to the next step. That's, it. that's exciting. It's sort of that's the, the sense of urgency, this this competitive situation that you're in, which is obviously hyper competitive, hyper competitive. Um, it's something that you've embedded into your organization and your community where, where people look at economic development as something that you can't sit on, that you better you better uh, pay your dues today. If you wait until tomorrow to pay those dues, you might lose out. And the Golden Triangle, which incidentally is uh, uh, Starkville, West Point, and Columbus, has had a pretty good track record over the last several years of really acting on that. You, you, you started in your current capacity in 2003, so you've weathered some storms over your 19 years. We have, and, and, and we're over $7 billion in capital investment in uh, in deals since then, and, and, and probably close to over 7,000 new jobs created, and they're high-paying jobs. I mean, you know, they're, these jobs are $60,000, $70,000, up to $120,000 jobs. The vast, vast majority of them are. So uh, we chart and plot the average incomes uh, for the Golden Triangle. We got a graphic that we carry around in our kind of our road show, and we show the number of jobs created, but you look at those wages, the growth in wages, and it is, it is phenomenal. Wow, that's incredible. Hey, so we didn't get into this in detail the last time we talked, but I just thought about what your current thoughts about this are, that there's been a change in economic development over the last few years. The pandemic might have put some of this on steroids because of the number of people who are working remotely, but that the, the economic the economic model has changed some, our economic development model has changed to some extent where you're not necessarily always chasing the big deal, but also trying to build the kind of communities where people want to live so that people who could work for Amazon or, or, or Microsoft and live in Mississippi would choose to live in Starkville, West Point, or Columbus because you guys have been involved in building a place where they would want to live. How much do you talk about that? Well, I mean, I think we talk about a good amount, probably not enough, not enough. But, yeah, it has changed. And and I will tell you, uh, 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 right before the pandemic, we had a company called Cytel at the industrial park in, in Starkville at the Thad Cochran Industrial Park. They were a call center. And they called and said, hey, we're going to sell our building. And I said, are you going to close? we got to find something for those people. They said, oh, we're not closing. We're going to keep everybody. We're just going to have a small presence here, and they're going to do like they've been doing. Well, I guess it wasn't during the pandemic. They're going to work from home. And uh, I said, is that going to work for you? They said the only place it won't work is where we have people that live that don't have access to broadband. But then when the rural uh, co-op started running broadband, and, and one of the areas had some employees that were working, when Four County Electric uh, uh, committed to run broadband to that neighborhood, all of a sudden, uh, those people were, they were golden. So, uh, yeah, those, those changes have been, have been pretty important to us. And then, but now Ricky, we're still getting the, we're still getting the brick and mortar. I mean, we've announced, we've announced three facilities, uh, that I think are pretty substantial. Uh, uh, we've had three plant announcements in the last 30 days in the Golden Triangle. We've had Columbia Industries, which is out of Oregon, that makes heavy, heavy equipment. 
uh, that's gone into the going into the old Gulf States building there near the Starkville Airport. Uh, we had a hundred eight million dollar uh, two plant that announced on site with the steel mill a few weeks ago, uh, and then uh, uh, last week on Super Talk on Tuesday, uh, our friend, my friend, your friend, uh, 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 Taylor Machine, and a joint venture with uh, Turberg out of uh, uh, Holland, the Netherlands, announced a new truck plant. Uh, that will be built in the Golden Triangle. So we're still getting the brick-and-mortar stuff, too. Wow, that that's incredible. You know, one of the things, that, and this show is not about what I'm about to say, but one of the things you and I talked about before is the power of taking sort of a regional approach. You know, you don't have other competitive entities that you have to deal with in your region. You're able to come together with one voice and move forward, and you work closely with the private and the public sector in each of those communities. Okay. You made the point the last time we talked that if the six coast counties could get together and 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 have a really organized, intense effort uh, around economic development, it would be hard to compete with them because you have I, the three I upper think, counties and the I three think, coast I counties. Think- I think if the six coast counties ever figured out the secret sauce, they would be the 64,000-pound gorilla in Mississippi. Uh, I think the three counties in central Mississippi uh, uh, would be a be a extremely form. – they're formidable. Two of them right now, at least, are formidable now. But the three combined effort would be phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, but I think if those those six coast counties with those six – those three coast counties with the three inlands – because I think some of the better sites are just a little bit in, in, in inland – uh, but you could capitalize on the work uh, workforce, the, the the retail, all that stuff. I, yeah, I, I think that would be a game changer if you can ever figure it out. And let me let me tell you how this stuff how this stuff happens. Columbia Industries had picked a building and was going to West Point, and they had some issues dealing with the seller of the building, and they couldn't reach terms. So they we we, we had an alternate. We showed them a site in a building in Starkville, and they went there. Taylor Machine. And Turberg started looking at a spec building in Starkville, and, and it wouldn't meet their needs quite like they wanted to, so they ended up deciding to build in Golden Triangle. We have a project right now that it was looking at a building in Columbia, in Golden Triangle out by the airport uh, that hasn't been able to make that work, and now they're in negotiations with the spec building at Starkville. You see, all of those projects started looking somewhere else, but we found a place for them to go. And ultimately, the region will still be strong. Yeah, uh, start looking in your town located in my town. Start looking at my town went to your town. But ultimately, the Golden Triangle still wins under that scenario. Yeah, it's um, it's something that I'll spend a little bit more time thinking about and talking to leaders along the coast about. Um, you know, we've got a we've got a you know the the, the Jackson County Economic Development Foundation. I think it's a best practice in coastal Mississippi because you got a public private partnership there, but their focus is mostly Jackson County. And then the Harris County get the Harrison County Development Commission. There's a lot in the land business, and they also have uh, public. Uh, they have uh, you know water and sewage that uh, uh, they're over as well. They do economic development as well. And then of course over in Hancock County got the Port Harbor Commission. They have tremendous responsibilities uh, on uh, as well. But gosh, if there would be some way to get all these together from an economic development point of view with the three upper counties, you know, it would be it would be incredible. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Joe Max Higgins from the Golden Triangle. And we're going to talk about why Mississippi continues to get listed last too often. We'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a conversation with my friend Joe Max Higgins, who is the CEO of the Golden Triangle Economic Development uh, Link. For That's a group that's involved in economic development for Starkville, West Point, and Columbus. It's a regional effort for that area. He's been in this job since 2003. He's nationally known. He's been featured on 60 Minutes. He's been on my show a couple of times. When you hear him talk, you get a sense that he means business when it comes to economic development. In fact, he, as we said in the first half, uh, he lives his life every day like his ass is on fire. Because that's the way you have to produce yourself, present yourself in, in the economic development realm, or you will lose. <laughs> you will lose if you're not, if you don't have that kind of sense of urgency. So, Joe Max, one of the things that, that spurred me to want to talk to you was that I don't put a lot of stock in all these rankings that happen, and a lot of the rankings that are happening today, as we discovered recently with the city of Guphorn, and I'm not going to name the site or the company or any of that, because I don't want to give them any credit or lack of credit. I just want to just refer to them generally as rankings. But one said it put Mississippi last for doing business in America. And what it looked at, it looked at education, of course. It looked at broadband access, and it looked at some other things. Um, if, In fact, what's interesting is if your ranking has to do with broadband access, it's probably using old data because, as you just pointed out, with the recent change in the law that allows the electric co-ops to be in the broadband business, and I have a place up in the Mississippi Delta, I have never seen so much fiber going down in the Mississippi Delta as there is today. And you and I have talked about this before. It, they're right to put that high on the list because because creating a scenario for Mississippi where we can have broadband access to every citizen before this is all said and done, it's probably the single biggest thing we can do to connect our communities and to, and to unleash uh, the brain power of Mississippians, but and we can talk about that here in just a second as well. But you know, my sense is if you were to take the Delta, take the Delta. I hate to say it this way, but just take the Delta, which is a lot about farming, there's a lot of poverty in the Delta as well. But if you were to take the Delta counties out of the mix, have you done that? Where does Mississippi rank when you do that? I I, I, I haven't done that, Ricky. But before I came to Mississippi. I was in Arkansas, and I was at an event uh, where the Arkansas uh, uh, state um, uh, uh, he, he kept up with all the demographics. He was he was a research guy. He was an economist, and uh, and in his presentation, he said, and, and this you got to understand. I've been here almost twenty years, so this is some time ago. But he said he said Arkansas could give its seventeen delta its seventeen delta counties to Mississippi and raise the per capita earnings of both states. Uh, uh, that that kind of <clears throat> I told that when I got down here and I wasn't a very popular guy. But yeah, that here, here's what you're saying is we're we're a different state in different regions, okay? Yes. And 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 sometimes the state gets painted with one brush, and that's probably not fair. Yeah. Uh, we toyed with a tagline for some marketing uh, 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 one time that said, you know, we're you know basically paraphrased in a much professional deal is when you when if you come to the golden triangle you're not in what you think of mississippi you know yeah. when you go to madison you're not in what you think of mississippi when you go to the gulf coast you're not in what you think of mississippi so 
but we were scared that it would backfire on us and it'd be viewed as wrong. But yeah, but 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 our regions are so different, and each one. I mean, the Delta is not the same as the coast. The coast is not the same as North Mississippi. I mean, and people that don't get out and ride around our state don't really understand. I mean. Yeah. Marshall and DeSoto County are rock stars right now. I mean, nobody really realizes it down there because it's so far from y'all. Uh, but y'all got some real good stuff going on uh, uh, that they don't know about in Central Mississippi or North Mississippi. So, so yeah, we've got challenges. You know, we plot the micropolitans and the metropolitans in the state, uh, uh, where the poor performing ones are, where the good performing ones are, and we track those kind of things. And, and it's different wherever you go. It, it is. I, I remember, I'll never forget this. When I started at the Sun-Herald, I was an intern, and it was in 1982. And I spent some time, I worked through different departments, spent some time in the advertising department. I spent some time with a guy named Bernie Moranovich, who, who's retired, but he had been over the national advertising business for the Sun-Herald. And he had this bright idea that when they put together the national advertising rate card, that goes to all these agencies outside of Mississippi to have a, a slightly different approach to it. And what he did was, and I thought it was brilliant, actually, on the cover, and I can't remember the exact tag, tagline, but this is essentially what it did. On the cover, what you saw was a black and white photo of a, of a, of a family kind of in the woods somewhere with a, you know, sitting on a wooden porch, and it was the black and white photo. And it, and it seemed kind of poor and backwards. And the, the tagline says something like this. This is the Mississippi coast you might think exist. And then when you open it up, it had the same family that, doing all kinds of amazing things. I mean, it was in bright color, you know, coastal community, moving fast. I mean, it was, it was brilliant because what it did is play to this, this misconception that existed then. And, buddy, that was in 1982. Yeah, that same misconception <laughs> exists today, unfortunately, unfortunately. But, you know, I don't think we get enough credit for advancements we've made with education. I, I certainly don't think we've gotten the credit we deserve. And that will I think it will come to bear because if broadband is what you and I think it will be for this state, then things will change because that access is important. But we don't get enough credit for what we've done as it relates to broadband. And I could go on and on from there. But um, but we've made a lot of progress, haven't we? Yeah, but we've still got more to do, Ricky. I mean, here's what, you know, I've said this in speeches around. I sometimes wish Mississippi had a little Texas in us. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Have you ever met a Texan that wasn't righteously indignant about his or her place? I agree. I, I mean, agree. I, 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 I am. I'm a fraternity pledge brother, and he came from Houston, and he walked at Jonesboro, Arkansas, Arkansas State's campus, and he said, I'm from Houston, damn it. And I went, well, you know, okay. Uh, uh <laughs> But but righteously indignant, and and I sometimes think that we'll set goals for ourselves, but we don't set goals that we need to set aspirational goals that are hard to achieve and try to do it. You know, yeah. uh, we've done a billion dollars in capital investment in Lowndes County in, in in a year twice, and got real close a third year. We will probably exceed it again this year, believe it or not. But but we as a state, I think, need to have aspirational goals of higher numbers and higher jobs than we're than we're doing right now and and it, and it, look it's not it's not the governor's job it's not mda's job it's not the local economic it's all it's a utility all of us has to do it, it, no, no one group or person can do this it's got to be done but but and i know alabama's bigger than we are uh but but they they're they're they have just historically 
over the years posted some real astronomical numbers. I was looking last night. Uh, in 21, they did 7.7 billion. Okay, uh, and in uh, uh, the um, and uh, they did uh, 8.7 billion in 18. Uh, during uh, uh, 4.8 billion in 20, and I think they're at 7.4 now. Those are, and I know people are gonna say, well, they're twice as big as we are, and they got four or five real big cities that we don't have. I understand all that, but but I wish that we, as a group, you know, Republicans, Democrats, North, South, East, West, Delta, Hills, whatever. I wish we would have some aspirational goals that are high. I wish we'd publish them, put them on the deal. We give a scorecard to our to our investors every year. So this is what we're aspiring to do. And then at the end of the year, we come back in and we show how far we exceeded it, how, how short we came. Uh, and we always set the goal high enough that it forces us to step on our tiptoes and jump uh, because we think that's good. And yeah. I, I, I wish we would, would collectively uh, agree to do that. And, and one, one place, one region can't put up those numbers. If you're, if you're last in everything good and first in everything bad, we've got to make some monumental steps to change that. Yeah, I think I agree. It's about transformational uh, leadership. And frankly, when I was mentioning a minute ago about taking the Delta out, it was only for to look at the numbers, to look at yeah. what do the real numbers tell us. I'm not saying that we shouldn't seek to solve the problems there, because as we both know, I, until we solve the problems in the Delta, Mississippi is not going to be in a better position. So we've got to be focused in, the, in this way. And that means we have to have transformational leadership. One other comment, Joe Max, I had the opportunity. I had I spent time in Alabama. I had responsibilities for a company. I had, had both Mobile, um, Birmingham, uh, AL.com, and Huntsville. And there was responsibility. So I got I led the oil recovery efforts for Governor Riley after the oil spill. So I know that, I know a lot of the leadership there. They are significantly more aligned across the state than we are. And, for example, Huntsville. Look at what's happening in Huntsville these days, Joe Max. I mean, they when they do when they want to go to, to Washington for their group of 100, 100 people go. And they're incredibly aligned around it. Um, and when they need help from Birmingham and the coast, they get it. It's, a, it's amazing how aligned they are. But more importantly, it's amazing how much, how bold their goals are. And that's the way they got to where they are today. You know, they, they've, they've aspirationally had our goals for as long, far back as I can remember. When we come back, we're going to continue this part of the conversation. I think it's incredibly important to coastal Mississippi that the state be more aspirational with this uh, conversation we'll have with Joe Matt, Max Higgins from the uh, Golden Triangle. We'll see you after this, after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Supertalk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. As we always have, and we have Joe Max Higgins on the show, we end up getting into some really important discussions. He's the CEO of the Golden Triangle Development Link in Columbus, West Point, and Starkville, and nationally known. Uh, again, 60-minute shows have, have happened about the efforts that he's involved in. But when we went to the break, we're talking about you weren't nece- you you just saying, look, there are best practices all over. One best practice that exists happens to be our neighbor, and that's Alabama. And we can learn from best practices. And one of the most important things we can learn from, whether it be Alabama or Texas or wherever, that we have to have a chip on our shoulder. And that chip has to be somehow transitioned into action. And look, I'm not going to name names, and I'm not naming positions. Some leaders on the state level are really involved in trying to solve problems. Some are involved in trying to get reelected. A lot are involved in both. But at the end of the day, I do think there's a role the governor could play, and MDA could play. The governor could call everyone together and say, we're going to develop a unified plan for all of us. to come." It's going to create a clearing call for why we got to fix the Delta, why we got to worry about every county in this state. We're going to raise the bar, and here's going to be our major goals, and this is what we're going to work to. Here's the language you're going to use, so we're all speaking the same language. And here's what the leadership looks like, and we're going we're gonna to develop a strategic plan for this state that hopefully is good enough that it lives way past me. Um, that could happen, Joe Max. It could happen. Oh, yeah. I, I, look, I think Governor Reeves has got the stroke. I think he's got the leadership. I think he's got the vision and he's got the intellect uh, uh, that that the guy like that could, could do it. Uh, no doubt in my mind. Yeah. I, and I think I think I think we should. I do. You know, I've again, this is not aimed at any one person. I'm just as a citizen sitting here. I get frustrated. We're not talking enough about it. I get I get frustrated. We're not we're not coming to grips with our challenges and accentuating our strengths where we can, um, we can do better. I guess Ricky, that's kind of Ricky, Ricky, yeah. we, we go to our state economic development conference every year, okay? And it's how y'all doing? How's mom and them? All this stuff. And it's we're doing this and we're doing this and we're doing this in workforce development. And we're doing it, and and we've been imploring them for years. Go to Georgia. Georgia. Georgia's got one of the best training facilities. Uh, these other states are better funded. Everybody holds up Accelerate Mississippi. is a great state since sliced bread. Uh, look at how they're funded to the other states. Probably not. How they're set up, probably not. Uh, but it gets held up as this is what we're doing. And I, I've been imploring them for years to go find the state that's kicking our ass in, in one sector and bring them in. If not them, somebody that used to work for them, that knows how it was worked. And let's learn from them how we can get better. It's, 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 it's just like getting your opponent's game film and watching it before you play them. Uh, we tend to get together and brag on ourselves about how good we're doing. And one of my good friends in the state said, sometimes in Mississippi, it's about being the tallest pygmy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, buddy? At, at the end of the day, I, I, all of our CEO friends can relate to this, but when you run a company, you have to have a strategic plan. And a good strategic plan has embedded in it ways to raise the bar, ways to improve the revenue stream, to maybe reduce costs, to use technology better. There's always an element, if it's worth its salt, the innovation is part of your plan is going to be driven by either some really great R&D that you're doing internally that, that develops into some new technology, new ideas, new products, whatever, 
or it's going to be incredibly informed by best practices that are happening in your industry. And in order to really be great, you've got to be very aware of what's happening in your industry so you can be inspired by not only the competition you have to go up against, but by what the best are doing, what excellent companies are doing. And if you want to be an excellent company, you better aspire to learn what they're doing. There's nothing wrong with reaching out and finding the best and learning from them, is there? No way. No way. You know, I keep using football as an analogy, but you know these coaches. I mean, they compete, but they, they, they have assistant coaches that go back and forth. They they look at new ideas. They look at what somebody else is trying. I'll, Ricky, I'll steal your idea and make it better. And then, you know, our friend Chris Gersh will steal that idea and make it better times two. I mean, it's yeah. just, you know, and, and, and that leads to just continuous improvement. Nobody in our – stealing an idea in economic development is the most sincere form of flattery that you can give another economic developer. Steal their idea, and if you really want to make it – if you really want to – make it be something, make make that idea better. Yeah. So Joe Max, do you still find do you still find people from across the country who are interested in what you're doing? You know, is it is the successes yeah. of the Golden Triangle cause people to reach to you to say Yeah, okay. we had a, we had somebody from uh, Georgia call yesterday wanting us to come speak uh, on the Georgia coast. We've uh um, supposed to be going back to Louisiana, uh, uh, Texas, and um, I think I got a request from uh, Kentucky the other day. Uh, got got invited to speak to the Montana Economic Development Conference uh, uh, to talk about the community and some of our initiatives. Had to decline on that because we got a prospect working and we're going to have people in that day. So, so yeah, the requests are still coming in, and it's kind of you know it's kind of neat. Uh, when yeah. place, I mean, a whole state, Montana, they called us, they interviewed us, m- multiple calls. They are intrigued with the community university concept and, you know, fig- trying to figure out how they could steal that idea in Montana. I'm not surprised to hear that. Um, but, there, but see, the reason I asked the question is, one, is I'm interested in the impact that you're having outside of Mississippi. But the other is... The, to make the point that whether it's a state, whether it's a, a a local economic development effort, whether it's a state economic development effort, that they are they're doing exactly what you and I were just talking about. In other words, they're they're trying to find the best practices around the United States and tap into that and learn from it. And even though they're competitive with us, you know, you know, I, I think that the rising tide will lift all boats in America. The rising tide, you know, in Mississippi will lift all boats as well. And it's cool to see them tapping into you still. Oh, yeah, they are. So, okay. So how often do you get requests to speak inside Mississippi? Uh, other than civic clubs locally, not very often. And why is that? Do you, do you have a theory about that? Is it because they're competitive with you? Or what's, I, what do you I, think I, that is? I don't. I, I don't know. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know that. I, uh, Joey uh, Decent had me down at the Madison Business League and, and uh, his organization uh, uh, early on when he started. You know, Joey worked with us and was a valuable part of our team and and uh, been a few places, but 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 not a lot. And, and it very well might be. That's yeah. Yeah. I you can't go ask your neighbor, your friend, how they're doing it because then then you're then you're saying you don't know how to do it, but. You know, it shouldn't be that way. Uh, I know it really shouldn't be that way. And, you know, it, you know, it doesn't have to be a speech. Me, it doesn't have to be a public recognized event of any sort. It can just me, be 
a let private me, conversation. <laughs> let me let me give you a real example. When I came here, I wanted to take my key leaders to see best practices in three locations that I thought we could replicate and learn from. I said, I want to go to Tupelo to see how they do what they do. I want to go to Jonesboro, Arkansas, and I want to go to Jackson, Tennessee. Those are all high-achieving, well-run economic development offices. My bosses, my key leaders said, there's no way we will go to Tupelo. Yeah. Interesting. They went to Jonesboro. They went to Jackson, but they couldn't go to Tupelo and and ask for ideas about how they could do better. Okay, so that probably it, and that's not other places in Mississippi not asking us. That's my guys not wanting to go to Tupelo and ask David Rumbarger and his leadership how they do what they do. Essentially, just to some extent, you can kind of understand it. You know, I mean, but to some extent. <laughs> You know, you just want to be good. And I think I think what we're trying to say is that our state could certainly look outside the state, could look inside the state to capture best practices inside the state and compare those to best practices they know about around the country and use that as an opportunity to raise the bar in a very significant way. So uh, do in your role these days, do you work very closely with the Mississippi Development Authority? Oh, yeah. We're working with them on three projects, uh, pretty pretty deep, long projects right now. Uh, conversate with them. I mean, we, well, we've had three announcements in 30 days, so, yeah, you know that. I mean, working on the incentives and the, and the agreements and all that stuff, work pretty closely with them and uh, are working with them. Right yeah, so so let me uh, – part, part of this – I'm glad to hear that, incidentally, but part of this is to say this, that – um, the state is sensitive to those areas that are having tremendous success. I mean, you mentioned your consecutive years of billion-dollar development. That that ought to get anybody's attention. And then um, by, by an extension, then, the governor is incredibly engaged because he knows that when he supports Joe Max and his team uh, and his trustees in that community, in that region, that uh, good things are going to come from it. So you've you've done good in sort of establishing oh, oh, yourself yeah. in that and, way, right? Look, yeah. Good, well, Governor Reeves was here for the Altex announcement, $108 million project again, makes steel tubes on site. And and before he got back on his airplane, we said, sir, can we, can we have a minute of your time? And, and we had a, a company executive there to brief him on three projects that we're working and gave him a detailed briefing and uh, and and he looked at me and said what do you need from me and I said sir I, I, I'll, I'll use some numbers before I can ask you what I need and he said well the ball's in your court uh, I'm ready when you are and uh, I'll tell you ha- have, having somebody that that's very helpful I'll I bet you. it is I mean that's exactly the way that's what exactly what you'd want him to do I had this image in my mind of, of uh, all these leaders from Mississippi and from a Japanese company being in those ATVs riding through that field that 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 ad that that ad on 60 minutes when we come back we'll talk about why those nuances are so important and you can also uh, listen live and, to and Super and we'll Talk find out Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices once you've enabled the skill just say alexa open super talk mississippi gulf coast this is coast view with ricky matthews on super talk mississippi gulf coast 103.1 welcome back to coast view i have uh, always enjoyed my connections with joe max higgins who's the ceo for the golden triangle economic development effort and uh, i enjoy it because number one he's a uh, outspoken he's passionate he does live his life like his pants is, like his ass is on fire. That is for sure. That's his philosophy. 
as, as he mentioned, it's actually the tagline on his emails, and I'm sure it's probably somewhere in his office as well. But people know that. It sends a message to people that there is a sense of urgency in economic development. There you go. He's holding it up for the YouTube and Facebook audience for sure. <laughs> Um, but but I enjoy visiting with him because he he helps us um, think about raising the bar, and that's kind of what this conversation is all about. Hey, when we went to break, I was mentioning that I still have this image in my head, and what you see is um, okay. So the 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 first eight. This is from sixty minutes. They're sort of their their one of the one of the graphics that they posted. The first ATV has Governor Phil Bryant and three or four other uh, Japanese executives in the ATV, followed by other other uh, ATVs uh, with other executives, both from this Japanese company and from the state. And they're going through this empty field, this big, gigantic empty field somewhere in your region. And it's just a, it's a powerful image, but it shows you what you got to do to win in this world, and you got to have alignment. Coming back to Governor Reeves, having that alignment is really important. And you had, in this particular case, you had it with Governor Phil Bryant. But um, but that was sort of a pinnacle moment, wasn't it? Oh, it was. And, and you know, the story behind the story is always fun. Everybody had an ATV that they were supposed to drive. I was supposed to drive one. Joey was supposed to drive one. State Director Brent Christensen was supposed to drive one. And we already had the routes plotted out. And who was riding with us? And as soon as we get out there, uh, Governor Bryant said, all right, boys, let's go. He jumped in one and, and started with some with Japanese guys, took off driving, and we all looked at each other and said, where's he going? I said, I don't know, follow him. And you'll remember that. <laughs> he didn't have a clue where he was going, but we were all following him. And if, you, if you'll remember, there was a guy standing up behind in one of those uh, ATVs. Senator Roger Wicker was in one of those, and that's when Wick, Senator Wicker was. Uh, remember, somebody tried to send him anthrax and 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 that kind of stuff. That was actually a Secret Service agent riding there with the earbud and the and the and the wrist thing talking. And when 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 Senator Wicker got in there, he hopped in the back to to watch him. So there was a whole lot going on there, Ricky, that nobody knows about that was happening. And we finally got out there, and Phil said, "Well, where else do we go?" I said, "Well." If you're through, we can go back to we can go back to back to the parking lot. But he he just took off and headed across the field. Well, for the Facebook and YouTube audience, I, I found the photo. There's the lead. There's the lead ATV, and then back behind, you can see right there ahead of someone standing up in one of the other three ATVs that are right behind the one driven by the governor. But uh, but it, you know when you look at who's involved and who's actually inside those ATVs, and you see this massive alignment between the state, the local, and of course this company that you guys were working so hard to attract to come to your region, it takes a village to win, doesn't it? Oh yeah, we had volunteers. Uh, we remember we put the Yokohama tires on everybody's car uh, every time. We didn't want to. You know, get in who's riding with who. I mean, there was a placard and it said Matthews and Higgins and Edwards and whoever else was supposed to be in the car. Uh, and and uh, it just went off without a hitch. But it, but it, and look, there's been a case. I go to Harvard uh, Business School a couple times a year and they do a case study on that Yokohama project. And we talk about renting the helicopter, we talk about the tires, we talk about all that stuff at, at HBS on, 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 I guess a best practice or a, a neat way of how we did what we did. I think, I, you know, I remember us having that conversation, but it's worthy of being uh, repeated. The fact that you're actually involved in case studies at Harvard uh, and you have been for many years. That's pretty cool. 
it is cool. It, it, it's kind of watching their students change over the years is, is kind of unique. Uh, this last couple of times, there's been a lot of questioning of why we spent $27,500 on a helicopter. Uh, one, one young man said that would have fed X families for X, you know, uh, X days. And I said, yeah. And by us winning the project, we're feeding, I think about 800 families now for, for not days, but for decades. But, you know, you know, I think that adds that adds something to the, the mix when you get an opportunity to go out there and interact with uh, the current class, whatever it is, because it gives you a chance. I mean, listen, demographics change. That's why we have Generation Y and X and millennials. All these generations, they're different. And you, if you don't understand how to communicate with them, if you don't know how to hire them and attract them and retain them, you'll miss out. And this is probably an eye-opening experience for you. It is. I mean, and you're sitting at the back of the classroom and they go over all these questions and they interact and, 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 you know, you, you want to raise your hand and say, Hey, you're slamming me pretty hard. Remember I'm, I'm in the room. I'm in the room. <laughs> raise your hand and say, I'm here. Uh, and then you get to go down on the floor and, and you get to kind of field questions and say, Hey, you thought this, let me, let me explain to you a different view. And, and, uh, you know, look, I learn as much when I go as, as they learn. Well, probably more, you know, I, I, cause you're a human sponge. Your passion about our state, and you're you're really making a difference. And when I talk to you, it reminds me we should probably get together more often on this show because you have a lot to teach me. You have a lot to teach this community. And what, we need, hey, what we need to do is get Gurus to host us at uh, at the island uh, during uh, deer season, and we can uh, hunt a little bit of deer, and then we can uh, then we can sit around and talk. Hey, we should we should do that. I, I, what a special hey, place. Let's invite, let's invite ourselves. We should do that. That's what we're going to do. Chris, uh, you, you've been duly uh, warned. Hey, listen, Joe Max, it's been, uh, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you. I look, I look forward to seeing you soon, buddy. Thank you, my friend. I'll you bet. This, is, this has been Joe Max Higgins, CEO of the Golden Triangle Economic Development Effort. Uh, have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.